Hey fam, it's Lexi here to welcome you to the You Can Through Christ podcast. I am so honored and excited you're here. I pray these words give you the confidence to know you can do all things through Him. He is for you, loves you, and made you for an exact purpose for this life and the one to come. Stay tuned to find out. Do you still feel like you are too young to be confident? Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man ever since he was little. Second Chronicles 24.1 says, Joash was seven when he became king. Second Chronicles 24.2 and Second Chronicles 34.1-2 says, Joash was eight when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed the ways of his father David. Unbeknownst to contrary belief, just because you are young does not mean you do not know much. Yes, there is definitely something to say about experience for advice, absolutely, and I will always emphasize complete respect for anyone older than you. God even says in Proverbs 21.11, by paying attention to the wise, they get knowledge. So I argue part of your confidence when you're young should come from listening to people that are older and wiser than you. I have learned so much at my clinic from my surgeons and therapists who are older than me, mentors in my life, teachers, parents, family, professors, coaches, friends. I just want you to be confident even if you are young, knowing your identity in Christ, no matter what anyone says about you or your age. You are capable and I want you to keep your confidence knowing this. Listen to what an older adult is telling you unless they are telling you something that defies Jesus. Then you are the one who needs to set the example. Spiritual maturity many times can come from obedience as opposed to simply age. I've been in leadership positions on different sport teams, I'm starting graduate school young and starting my career young when I have been discouraged due to my age and lack of experience. Even though I did not have confidence in myself alone, I know Jesus put me in these positions because he was prepared to equip me, allowing us to have confidence as he will do the same for you. He has a reason for having us where he needs us at whatever age and time it is. Many feel they do not want to show their confidence because they feel they're being prideful. This is the difference though. When we're prideful, we are thinking only about ourselves. This can take place either by thinking higher about ourselves or it could be thinking less of ourselves. Either way, we are thinking and making the primary focus on ourselves. We can be confident by understanding who we are accurately in Christ without being prideful, but trusting in the truth of who he says we are. This will equip us to help others, taking the distraction away from ourselves and distinguishing the difference from pride to confidence. We are his handiwork, equipped to glorify his name. Ephesians 2, 1-10 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages 
he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So to summarize, we are to work out our salvation, not work for our salvation. Romans eleven six says, and if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. There will be a big difference in your character and life when you work out your salvation, knowing you are serving out of love for God, our creator, who gave you this free gift as opposed to working for your salvation, which is not possible, by the way, out of fear of trying to get to heaven. You were so intentionally designed, everything about you, and he delights in you. It was planned exactly how you were to look, where you were to be born, where you were to grow up, who your parents are, and the time in history when you were to be, and who is supposed to be in your life during that same time. Do not let this work go to waste. 2 Timothy 2.21 says, Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. This should give us confidence. Social media really can affect our self-esteem. You're probably thinking, I just stated the obvious, I know. I am so disappointed in myself for what I'm about to share, but I do need to tell you this story so you do not make the same mistake. Satan prowls online just as he does in our day-to-day lives. One time I shared a post for a couple from our church who was looking for a house. I was the first one to share the post. Nobody liked it, not even them, so I deleted it. The following Sunday in church, they came up to me thanking me I was the first to share. They said me sharing demonstrated God's faithfulness in their struggle and search, knowing they can rely on their church family and on me. Wow, complete and total conviction, right? The kind word shatters your heart when I realized my own selfishness and pride had me delete a post others could not thank me enough for. Please share what you want, and more importantly, what God wants you to, regardless of the likes or comments. Maybe you'll share something on your heart nobody likes, but you have no idea who that's affected. You just have no clue who you are impacting and the conviction you will feel. Be confident not in how others respond to your post, but in your motivation behind the post. We cannot control others. If we feel that we are share- what we are sharing is pleasing to God and going to motivate others, I am asking you to please share it and to be confident when you do it. Judges 4.14 says, Then Deborah said to Barak, Go, this is the day the Lord has given Caesarea into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? We can have confidence knowing God is present, past, present, and future all the time, even today. What we are going to face today, he's already there. What we're going to face tomorrow, he's already there. What we're going to face in 10 years from now, he's already there. 2 Samuel 7.3 and 1 Chronicles 17.2 says, Nathan replied to the king, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. We can have confidence knowing where we are is where God has called us to be and that he's always going to be with us. First Chronicles 14, 17 and 2 Samuel 5, 10 says, 
So David's fame spread throughout every land, and the Lord made all the nations fear him. Deuteronomy 26:19 says, He has declared that he will set, set you in praise, fame, and honor above all the nations he has made, and that you will be a people holy to the Lord your God as he promised. Second Chronicles 32, 7-8 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because, because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. With him is only the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and fight our battles. And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah, king of Judah, said. God wants us to be strong and courageous because he has won and we are on his team. No one can overcome him. He gives us the ability to be bold, even in the midst of our greatest insecurities and persecutions. Proverbs 28.1 says, The righteous are as bold as a lion. Job 5.17 says, Blessed is the one whom God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. Ah, discipline. Something as human beings we naturally try to avoid, as it does not make us feel adequate or like we are, quote, the best. The key is actually learning to accept and maybe even, dare I say, to start to like discipline. It is to realize, to, and in order to like it, it's to realize who is correcting you. If God is correcting you, you know it will end for your good and how he is developing your character and skills. He can also use correction from others with more experience in our lives or those who care about us to develop the same character. As an athlete, discipline from practice is what grows your skills and mindset to be ready to compete when it's game time. Psalm 94, 9-13 says, Does he who fashioned the ear not hear? Does he who formed the eye not see? Does he who disciplines nations not punish? Does he who teaches mankind lack knowledge? The Lord knows all human plans. He knows they are futile. Blessed is the one you discipline, Lord, the one you teach from your law. You grant them relief from days of trouble. Discipline actually will end up bringing you relief from trouble, even though you initially feel in trouble while it's happening. Proverbs 10.17 says, Whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. If we pay attention to discipline and accept correction, it will only make you better. If someone is disciplining you with what you may feel are wrong motives, even if their heart is in it to bring you down, the amazing thing is God can still use their critique and discipline to help you. The key is praying and asking God if what the individual says about you is true. For example, if someone says you are selfish, you should not take what they say to heart in the sense that you are never defined by someone else's words, but pray that God may show you out of love from our Father that maybe you have been caring more about yourself than others lately. Proverbs 12.1 says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Pretty blunt. Um, it is a lie the enemy gives that you are inadequate if someone corrects you. That's not true. We will be corrected our entire lives, as there is always more to learn and always someone who is able to teach and help us grow, whether it's for our career, sports, hobbies, or life in general. The key is actually learning to love the discipline, understanding this love comes from the desire to want to grow and be better to help further God's kingdom. 
I have found this is the only way to love discipline. Otherwise, to be honest, I would just get annoyed and angry with anyone who's correcting me if I didn't feel this way. Whether it be from a coach, someone I love, teacher, colleague, or coworker, our spouse, our parents, when you understand it's actually something God desires for you, to use, he wants to use it to help you, you'll accept the command. Proverbs 10.8 says, the wise in heart accepts commands. Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And Proverbs 13.13 says, whoever scorns instruction will pay for it, but whoever respects a command is rewarded. Proverbs 13.18 says, Whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. If you continue your entire life to think you know everything and do not desire to be corrected and learn, you will stay where you are now, and it could possibly keep you from getting that job, that spot on the team, or that relationship you desire. When you heed correction and desire it, Many times it can lead you to positions you desire, or more importantly, positions in life God desires for you, whether this is um, with relationships and your family, your church, your team, or your job. Proverbs 16.20 says, Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers, and blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Desiring instruction and trusting the Lord go hand in hand, because many times when we are instructed, we are trying something new we are not comfortable with which goes back to needing to have confidence God wants us to desire discipline and trust his plan through it. Psalm 27.3 says, Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. And Psalm 27.13-14 says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Confidence does not come naturally but it is possible even in the midst of wars. The key is waiting on the Lord and knowing his goodness. Isaiah 32, 17 through 20 says, the fruit of righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. My people will live in peaceful dwelling places and secure homes in undisturbed places of rest. Though hail flattens the forest and the city is leveled completely, how blessed you will be. So here, God promises people can live in confidence and peace, but it did not mean that their lives or our or that our lives will be rid of the hail. But through the storms of this life, we can be sure of having confidence in Him. Matthew seventeen nineteen through twenty one says, "Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out?' And here they are talking about a demon in an individual." And Jesus replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will be moved. Nothing will be impossible for you. Then a boy's father asked Jesus if he could drive out a demon from his son. Mark 9, 23 through 34 says, Jesus starts by saying, if you can, like why is he questioning him, right? Everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Jesus then healed the man's son from the demon that was possessing him. I love how Jesus answers his request as the father humbled himself, realizing he did not have the belief he should, but asking for help with his unbelief. 
That is what God is looking for, you guys. Doubts will always creep into our heads. You're not alone, but they will be overcome through continued prayer and for God to help us see past the unbelief, keeping our eyes on him and asking him to strengthen our faith. We are never going to be perfect as Jesus was in a complete and full trust in God without a doubt. But even with the doubt, if we continue in the direction he's called us, we are saying that we have faith and he will pull through for us no matter what the outcome is because of our faith that's as small as a mustard seed. Jesus has a parable for those who are confident in their own righteousness or their pride and looked down on everyone else this individual did. In Luke 18, 9 through 14, there were two men that went to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. So the Pharisees were um, seen as the religious leaders in Jesus's day. Um, and the tax collectors were, let's just say to put it nicely, not liked at all. Like at all. And seemed very corrupt as they were seen as people that um, instead of just taking just what was um, owed for taxes, they would steal money and say people owed more than they needed to so that they could earn more money. So just to give you a background of this example. So the Pharisee thanked God very pridefully in the temple when he was praying. He thanked God that he was not like other evil people who rob and are adulterers or like the tax collector next to him. Like he literally prayed thanking God that he's not like the person next to him. Um, he went on to God about how he fasts and he gives a tenth of his money. And then the tax collector, he could not even look up to heaven and simply said, Lord, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. Jesus said the tax collector was the one justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Emphasis on confidence is not pride. Confidence is sure of the perfection of our maker who has called us to his purposes in this life that we are able to fulfill through him. We can admit we are a sinner and we can humble ourselves and he will lift us up. If we are self-righteous and if what we think is, quote, confident, it could actually be pride, um, we can be sure that he will humble us. John 9, 24 through 33 talks about the Pharisees and how they claimed that Jesus was a sinner, but the blind man that Jesus helped see, um, he could, so that he could see, said, whether he is a sinner or not, all I know is that I was blind and now I can see. I love this because it reminds me of how people may try to take away your confidence in Christ today by saying things such as, you can't see him or how can you really know he exists? Um, how can you put your confidence in him? My response would be, I was blind, but now I see. My heart was desiring evil, but now it's it wants what is best for others around me, and it helps me to genuinely love others. I was not sure of my purpose or what life was about, wander, wandering in sin and confusion, but now I know exactly why I am here and what it is to come after in this, and what is to come after in this life. And the life to come. The Pharisees kept questioning and the man who was blind said, do you want to be his disciples too? They heard ins hurled insults at him and said they are disciples of Moses. The man said, you don't know where he came from, yet he opened my eyes. We know God does not listen to sinners, but to the one who does his will. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. We know Jesus is God because only God can change our hearts. 
help us genuinely love others and have confidence in a world that consistently tries to break us down, take our confidence away, and says that we're less than. John 15, 1-6 says, Jesus is the vine, his father is the gardener. He cuts off any branch that does not bear fruit, but prunes those that are producing fruit to multiply. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you because you cannot bear fruit on your own. Apart from him, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in him, you will begin to wither and be tossed into the fire. Jesus doesn't want you in misery, but wants to prune your current self to give you new life, a better life. We cannot do this on our own. We do not bear fruit by trying harder or giving more of ourselves, but by abiding in him. Try to please people and you will be running around in circles and stressed out your whole life. Try to please God and you will find rest for your soul. Jesus simply wants you out of just pure love for you. 2 Corinthians 3, 4-5 says, Such confidence we have through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence, competence comes from God. In the book of Ephesians, Paul says we get to serve the gospel by God's gift of grace through his power. He says although he is the least of the Lord's people, and trust me, I feel the same way, he gets to share the boundless riches of Christ, making plain the mystery. God's intent is through the church, his wisdom will be made known in heaven and on earth according to his eternal purpose he accomplished in Jesus. We get to approach God with freedom and with confidence because of this. Paul says not to be discouraged from his sufferings, which are for our glory. 2 Thessalonians 2, 13-15 says, Paul wants us to stand firm and hold fast to the teachings, whether by word of mouth or um, whether by word of mouth or writings. Hebrews 3.6 says, Christ is faithful as the Son of God's house, and we are in this house with him if we hold firmly to our confidence and hope in glory. Hebrews 10.32-35 says, You may be publicly insulted with persecution, and other times you will stand by those treated this way. Joyfully accept this confiscation of your property, because why? That's not natural for us to do, right? So why? Because you know that you have a better and lasting possession. Never throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. First John 3, 19 through 22 says, This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. When we confess our sins to God, we can be confident he is righteous and just to forgive us. Isaiah 36, 4-5 says, This is what the great king, the king of Assyria, says, On what are you basing this confidence of yours? You say you have counsel and might for war, but you speak only empty words. On whom are you depending that you rebel against me? So just like this example of when he asked this question, when people ask you where you get your confidence from, if you reply Jesus, you will always have a sure basis that no one, no one can argue and he is eternal. No one can take him or your confidence away. Matthew 13, 54 through 55 says, when Jesus taught, People couldn't believe he was the carpenter's son because he was so wise. Acts 4.13, 
In Acts 4.13, others couldn't believe the courage of Peter and John when they realized they were unschooled, quote, ordinary men. But then they realized they had been with Jesus. Matthew 13.58 then says, And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Even as I'm talking, sometimes I feel hesitant as to what others would think, um, knowing that me myself, I mean, I'm no theologian. However, my confidence comes that I am a daughter of the King, and though I waver and do it imperfectly, my life goal is to try and fulfill the duty and purpose He has placed on my life and heart. I can be confident because I am His, and you are too. We can be confident we are loved, confident we are enough in Him, confident He has blessed us with gifts and talents He desires to use for us and others, confident he will always use us to fulfill his purpose no matter our mistakes and downfalls confident no matter how impossible the task looks before us we can be absolutely confident in jesus his guidance his strength and his grace living inside of us let's live with this confidence today thanks for hanging out with us for more go to youcanthroughchrist.com you are loved